Good morning, Tomoka. How are you today? Hey, listen, I don't know, but this service has been off the hook so far. Wouldn't you say that's true? The worship has been amazing. Love to hear what Ben has to say. The Lord is among us. The Holy Spirit is moving today. And uh, my challenge to you is that you would just pray this morning that, that the Holy Spirit would continue to convict us and change us and challenge us and move us. Uh, I was, had the opportunity to hear one of my favorite authors, uh, preachers anywhere. Um, I would say my favorite author, except that Louis L'Amour still is at the top of the list. Um, his name is John Ortberg. And he was preaching a couple weeks ago and he said this. He said, life is not a problem to be solved, but a story to be lived. And it changed my perspective. It made me reevaluate the way that I am looking at life, the way that I'm looking at my story, the way I'm trying to live out my story. Because perspective matters. The way that we approach things matters. The way that we see things matters. There's an old, old story of uh, a man who was touring Rome. And he was looking at all these great cathedrals and this ancient city. And he came upon a construction site. And he said, uh, he asked one of the workers, he said, what are you doing? And the guy said, I'm laying bricks. So he walked to a, a second man and he said, what are you doing? He said, I'm building a wall. And then he walked to a third worker and he said, what are you doing? And the man looked toward the heavens and he said, I'm building a beautiful cathedral. Perspective matters. And if we only look at the problems, it's like we're living that old video game pitfall. Do you remember that game? If you don't, it's a story of a guy who's just running from side to side, leaping over pits, swinging on vines, trying not to get eaten by alligators. Instead of remembering that at the end of the game, that there is an award that is waiting to be given, uh, a gift that's been waiting to be bestowed. And if we focus only on the problems and pitfalls of life, we'll never finish the journey or the story that we were created for. So today, is there a bigger story being told about you and with you? Now, this series that Joe's been doing on Hebrews has been fantastic. Hebrews is one of my favorite books in the Bible. It's a, it's a, a, a book that was written. The author writes this so that we will be inspired. He writes this so that we'll be encouraged. You know what the word encouraged means? It means to instill with courage. And there is a time in life when we need courage instilled inside of us because we are at times quaking in the face of fear. Now, I believe that there's two reasons, that the, or two things that the author of Hebrews is trying to tell us today in Hebrews chapter 11, which, by the way, is one of my favorite chapters in all the Bible. The first is he wants to remind us of, of those who have been faithful to God in the past and how God has been faithful to them. Second, he wants us to be inspired by our own faith journeys because you get to be the main actor in the story that God has called you to live. Now, if you've never read Hebrews chapter 11 and chapter 12, you need to go home and read the whole thing today or sometime this weekend because it will inspire you. It will remind you of the greatness of those who have walked before us in their journeys of faith. My wife's favorite verse in the entire Bible is Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1 that says, Now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. And right off the bat, the author gives us the definition of what faith should be. The first five verses, the author covers four major historical events in the, in the history of humanity. He talks about creation. He talks about Abel. He talks about Enoch who walked with God and was no more. And then he shares the story of Noah. In the first five verses, he covers those four major historical events. And then in the next five verses, he spins on the life of one man. The first five verses, he talks about four huge events. 
But he spends five verses dedicated to one man. A man by the name of Abraham. And as Joe loves to say, and I love to to hear, let's just stand and we're going to honor God's word today as we read about this man named Abraham. It was by faith that Abraham obeyed when God called him to leave home and go to another land that God would give him as his inheritance. He went without knowing where he was going. And even when he reached the land God promised him, he lived there by faith. For he was like a foreigner living in tents, and so did Isaac and Jacob who inherited the same promise. Abraham was confidently looking forward to a city with eternal foundations, a city designed and built by God. It was by faith that even Sarah was able to have a child. Though she was barren and was too old, she believed that God would keep his promise. And so a whole nation came from this one man who was as good as dead. A nation with so many people that like the stars in the sky and the sand on the seashore, there is no way to count them. may be seated. Now today, first of all, the reader of this would have known who Abraham was. Abraham's a pretty big deal. We know a lot about Abraham, right? There are three major world religions that point to Abraham as the father or the patriarch of their faith. Judaism, Christianity, and Islam, right? That's pretty significant. His story has been told for over thousands of years. In fact, his story continues to live on today. And I think that most of us would be okay with that if our lives, our life story was told for thousands of years into the future, as long as it was mostly good stuff, right? But there was a time when Abe was just another guy living in another city, looking for a dream. In fact, did you know that Abraham lived with his father until he was 75 years old. Now, I don't know the circumstances of your journey or what, how COVID has affected you economically or if you've had to move home, but if your parents start giving you a difficult time about being at home, you just say, listen, Abraham lived with his dad till he was 75. Get off my back. But in many ways, his story is our story. You know I like to have my services be interactive, and so um, I'm going to need you to be sitting next to a person you feel comfortable talking with. If you don't like the person next to you, just move down a couple spots. But I want to ask you a question. I want you to share with the person next to you what you believe. Do you believe that God has a story for your life, a plan for your life? What's that? And if your answer is yes, my second part to that question is, are you disappointed with that plan? Because life can be hard. And when we were young teenagers, which was not too long ago for me, we had different dreams. We believed that life was going to be different, that we had a set plan, that we had a vision, that that the Lord was going to do certain things with our lives. And when those things don't happen the way that we think that they should happen, or when we encounter turbulence in our life, or hardships, or pitfalls, it's easy for us to look at the problem and not the story. It's easy for us to get focused on the wrong thing and wonder if God is even in our story. And if that's where you are today, I want to encourage you with this verse from James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4 that says, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. 
Friends, life is not a series of heartaches and disappointments. Your life has a purpose. Your story has a purpose. Life is not a problem to be solved, but a story to be lived. Now, our story today starts in a magnificent city in the ancient world 2,000 years before Jesus in the Earl of Chaldeans. It was a coastal city near the the, uh, Persian Gulf in modern-day Iraq. It sat at the mouth of the Euphrates River. And all of the trade that went on in the Mediterranean region had to pass through this area in order to get to Mesopotamia. So this was a city that was filled with wealth. It was a city that was filled with great learning. It was a city that had great living. Ur was the place to be. But God called Abraham to leave Ur and God and Abraham responded because faith inspires action. Now, I don't know if you know this, but if you look up the word faith in the dictionary, you're going to find out that it's a noun. But when you live in faith or when you act in faith, it inspire you. It should inspire you to a certain amount of action. Let me explain to you what I mean. Has anybody ever been to a circus before? I'm not talking about your houses, but I'm talking about like a real circus. Okay, when my little girl was two years old, my oldest daughter, Gabriella, we decided that uh, Barnum and Bailey was coming through Atlanta. It was the last tour that they were going to have. And so I was going to take her. I wanted her to see a circus. And it was amazing. It filled the whole Coliseum that we were in, the whole stadium, whatever it was. But it always amazes me to see trapeze artists. At the very top of the ceiling, at the very height of the tent, there are these artists who will grab onto swings and they will swing and they'll be going in different directions. And then at some point, one of the trapeze artists will let go of their swing hundreds of feet above the ground to be suspended in air with the belief that their friend or their coworker is going to be there to catch them. They would never be able to release that high above the ground in an uncertain future. If they didn't believe that they were going to be caught. Old Abe had that kind of faith. He left not knowing where he was going. So I have a question for you. How many of you are willing to go somewhere when you don't have directions? Now, how many of you are sitting next to a spouse or somebody that knows you pretty well? This is going to be important for this part of the service because they're going to tell me whether you're lying or not. For some of you, not having directions is no big deal. I'll say, hey, let's go on a road trip. And you'd be like, hey, cool. Where are we going? I don't know. Let's go. We'll figure it out as we go. How many of those of you in here are that person today? Yep, I'm kind of like that too. For others of you, that wouldn't work because details matter. Directions matter. In fact, when you're going on a road trip, uh, you're not going anywhere without directions, a planned route, complete with designated stops for gas, food, and pop. And the release of the last two that I just mentioned. You'll know if you're that kind of person when somebody calls and says, hey, what are you doing? You say, why? Right? How many are you married to that person? Friends, not knowing, not knowing where we're going is a scary thing. Especially when God asks us to trust Him. Especially when Jesus asks us to follow Him. Especially when there is an element of faith involved. Because it feels safer when we're in control. And even if we're not in control, it feels safer when God, you know, consults with us about where we want to go first. In the direction that He's chosen. Now, my family loves to go swimming. We have a pool in the back of our house. We have a rock that's about five feet above the pool. And 
I have a five-year-old, a three-year-old, and a one-year-old. And I love to go up on that rock and jump into the water. And my five-year-old and three-year-old go up on that rock with me. And my five-year-old Gabby loves to say, Daddy, let's jump in together. And she'll hold my hand and she'll count to three. And then as we're counting to three, my little Gracie, who's three, will say, Go, Gabby, go. You can do it. I believe in you. Go, Gabby, go. And we'll count one, two, three. And we'll jump together. And Gabby will scream all the way down. And in a good way. And she's giggling and laughing. We splash in the water. She pops up and she's laughing. Let's do it again, Daddy. And she swims to the edge and I'll get out and I'll go back on that rock and I'll say, Gracie, let's jump together. And she'll say, I think it's time for Gabby to go again. <laughs> because trust is a scary thing. Jumping is a scary thing. But friends, someday we'll discover that it's not until we're willing to grab our father's hand and jump that we experience the fullness of the life that he's called us to and intends for us. And friends, especially in these times, um, we need to learn to trust our Father, especially when we're trying to walk by faith while living in a COVID-infected world, especially as we're trying to walk in faith in a self-imploding world, especially as we're trying to walk by faith in an uncertain world. Isn't that why the great theologian Carrie Underwood said, Jesus, take the wheel? (laughs) Peter said something similar to that when he writes... Give all your worries and cares to God, for He cares about you. Perspective is so important. Life is not a problem to be solved. Life is a story to be lived. John Ortberg writes about this in his book, All the Places to Go. And he says, when our first child was born, Nancy had gotten a kidney infection. So on top of having just given birth, she was sick. At one point, she started to freak out. What if the baby gets sick? What if one of us drops her? What if we discipline her too much? What if we discipline her too little? What if we are too unhealthy? What if we mess her up for her whole life? I explained patiently, Nancy, we can always have more children. Perspective matters. So my challenge for you today is, When you're struggling in your faith journey, and there'll be times that you do, change your perspective. I had a counselor friend who told me, when you're struggling with perspective, change the tape. Now, some of you may not understand what she's talking about because a cassette tape was analog technology that was like three or four systems ago. If you don't know what a cassette tape looks like, this is what it looked like. And you would play it on something called a tape player or boom box if you were really with it. Or you would have it be played in a Walkman. You know why they called it a Walkman? Because you were supposed to walk, man. But the problem is, as you're listening to this cassette tape, you could be listening to your favorite group like Def Leppard. But if you wanted to change the group to new kids on the block, you would have to take out Def Leppard to put new kids in the block physically. Now, to all of my millennials and Generation Z, I know that sounds barbaric. And it was. But there are times that you need to stop when you are having thoughts that are leading you down a dangerous road or leading you to not believe in the promises of God or or making you believe that Satan's lies that he's whispering in your ear that God is not with you or that he's not called you to a story. You need to stop what you're doing. You need to capture every thought as the writer tells us in in the New Testament and you need to change the tape. You need to change your perspective and remember who you are, and more importantly, whose you are. Because life is not a problem to be solved. Life is a story to be lived. 
Now, let me ask you a question. There's always a division in here. How many of you are dog people? Raise your hands. Okay, how many of you are cat people? Raise your hands. How many of you are cat people but unwilling to, to say that in public? Raise your hands. Now, my wife and I are neither. We decided to have children instead. But there are times we wish we would have been dog or cat people instead. Just kidding. The thing, whether you're a cat person or a dog person, it doesn't matter. I love to see dogs in the front seat of trucks, you know, because I love to see the enthusiasm they have when they stick their head out the window and their tongue is flapping behind to their tail. And, you know, sometimes I wish I looked like, I mean, not like that, but I wish that I was like that in my, my enthusiasm, right? And the way that I looked at life and the way that I was anticipating the good things that God has for me. And so Jesus asked us to do something when we don't know what to do, when we're changing our perspective, it's going to take us trusting in the Lord to accomplish that. Genesis chapter 15, actually the story of Abraham goes from Genesis chapter 13 at the end, uh, excuse me, Genesis chapter 11 at the end, all the way to Genesis chapter 25. Abraham is 75 years old when God calls him out of uh, his home city to go uh, to a land he's never seen, a promised land. By the time we get to Genesis chapter 15, 10 years have passed. Three chapters, 10 years. And Abraham has just had to fight this very special operations type battle. In fact, uh, his nephew Lot had been captured in the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah by four wicked evil kings who are now holding him ransom and were going to kill he and his family if it wasn't paid. And so in a, in a movement, a, a military movement that's still studied by special operations to this day because it was so, um, if you watch the History Channel, you can find out about it or read your Bible, I guess. But um, he goes and he rescues his nephew Lot. And he goes back to his tent. And in Genesis chapter 15, we see a very melancholy Abraham. I don't know if, if he's worried about his life. I don't know if he's disappointed that God hasn't answered. But we see him begin to doubt. We see him begin to go into a little bit of a depression. And one night, God shows up in a vision to him. And tells Abraham, don't be afraid, Abraham. For I will be your shield. And Abraham's response is, look, God, I still don't have an heir. Now, in that culture, remember, there was no Social Security, no help. If you didn't have a child, you didn't have a retirement. He needed a son to lead and to lead his family and take care of him in his older years. I didn't, apparently 85 wasn't very old at that time. But he needed someone who was going to, to be there, an heir to pass everything down to. And God tells him in this vision that he will have an heir and it will be a flesh and blood son. And then he tells Abraham, I want you to go outside and I want you to look up in the sky. What do you see? He says, I see stars everywhere. He says, Abraham, someday your descendants are going to be as numerous as the stars in the sky. And then the Bible tells us something very interesting. It said, Abraham believed God. So how are you doing on your faith journey? How are you doing when it comes to believing that God has a plan for your life and a story to be lived? Let me encourage you today with some words by Henry Wadsworth Longfellow. The sky is filled with stars, invisible by day. 
And may the Lord remind you in your seasons of doubt or when you're going through the valley that His promises never return void. He has called you to a life of faithfulness. He has a plan for your life. Life is not a problem to be solved. Life is a story to be lived. And you are the central character in your story as He leads you, as you follow Him. How are you doing in your faith journey today? Because sometimes we don't know what to do. And as I was sharing with my wife, Erica, who has a saucy personality, I was like, hey, I've got this great point I heard from a speaker. And it's um, when you don't know what to do, just do the next right thing. And she's like, uh, do you know who that great theologian was? I said, no. She said, it's Anna from Frozen 2. But when you don't know what to do, just keep doing the next right thing. Just keep walking in faith. Keep living according to God's precepts and his laws. Keep doing what you know to be honoring to our Lord. And he'll continue to lead you on your journey. In Genesis, there are more than 13 chapters dedicated to telling Abraham's story. Why? Because it was by faith that Abraham obeyed when God called him to leave home and go to another land that God would give him as his inheritance. He went without knowing where he was going. It was by faith that Abraham went when God called. Would it shock you to know that Abraham had a choice in whether to go or not? In fact, Genesis chapter 11 gives us a really interesting tidbit about Abraham. His dad's name was Terah. And Terah is the one that begins the journey. Listen to what Genesis chapter 11 says. Terah took Abram, his son, and Lot, the son of Haran, his grandson, and Sarai, his daughter-in-law, his son, Abram's wife. And they went out together from Ur of the Chaldeans in order to enter the land of Canaan. And they went as far as Haran... And settled there. Now, Terah is head of this family, leads them out of Ur of Chaldeans. Abraham and his family go with them. And he begins his journey to a land that he has never seen. Why? Well, we're not specifically told, but I think it's possible. I think it's reasonable that God called Terah before he called Abraham. And to his credit, Terah follows God. He goes first. He but then, about halfway into his journey, he decides to settle in Haran. Why? We don't know. Maybe it was because Haran was a similar city to Ur. It was a land that was a city that was wealthy, it was safe, and it was comfortable. And so he settled. I don't know about you, but there are times when things are safe and wealth, and if we are wealthy and, and that are comfortable, that we would like to settle as well. Sometimes it's easy to settle less for less than what God has called us to because we don't want the challenges of moving forward. We don't want the unknown because the unknown is always scary. So the question is, is when God calls us to something, will we go or will we not go? When the Lord calls you on a journey, what will you do? I can hear the arguments about Tara already. Well, Shane, he did go halfway, right? Isn't that something? Either way, it's less than what God wanted for him. Less than what God had planned for him. Jim Collins wrote in a book several years ago, When does good become the enemy of great? When does good enough become the enemy of our story? When does I just want to go as far as I can without being uncomfortable stop you from living the dream and the, and the, the life and the story that God has called for you? There's an old story, it's an old preacher story of a man who died and went to heaven. And when he got there, Jesus was there. And he's like, I want to give you a, a, a tour of the premises. It's going to take a while. And the man was like, great. And so they walked around for a while and they, they finally come to this room. And it was filled with incredible works of art. 
And the man said, Jesus, what is this? And he said, these works of art represent the lives of the saints. And the man began to look around and he found one that he was drawn to. And he went over to that piece of art and at the bottom was his name. And he was so pleased because it was such a beautiful picture. And he's like, Jesus, I'm so excited. This is so cool to see this. And Jesus said, well, there's more to see. Let's go. And so they began walking and they went into the next room. And there were more unbelievable works of art than this man had ever seen. Greater than the works of art that he had just seen. And he's like, Jesus, this is blowing my mind. I can't believe how beautiful this room is. And as he looked, he saw another picture and it had his name at the bottom. And he ran over to him and he's like, Jesus, look at this masterpiece. This is amazing. This is the best piece of art that I've ever seen. What is this? And Jesus said, this is the life I wanted you to have. When does good become the enemy of great? When does good enough cause us to settle for less than what God wanted us to have? So let me ask you a question. Have you settled along the way? Have you settled for what's good when what God wants for you is best? Listen to what the the author of Hebrews goes on to say. All these people died still believing what God had promised them. They did not receive what was promised, but they saw it all from a distance and welcomed it. They agreed that they were foreigners and nomads here on earth. Obviously, people who say such things are looking forward to a country they can call their own. If they had longed for the country they came from, they could have gone back. But they were looking for a better place, a heavenly homeland. That is why God is not ashamed to be called their God. For he has prepared a city for them. What were they looking forward to? Heaven. Now I want you to go home today. I want you to read verses 17 through 19 of Hebrews chapter 11 because it's going to show you how Abraham's life has changed, how he believes God even when things don't make sense and how God blesses him through that. Because what he comes to discover is that life is not a problem to be solved, but it's a story to be lived. And friends, just like those who have walked in the footsteps of faith before us, we are following them. We are following them. And I want you to know the problems and the heartaches that we have here in this life are not meant to obstruct or stop or slow down our journey. They're meant to remind us of our true purpose. Because it's the problems that remind us of the true nature of our story. So today I want to end with 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 16. When my grandma was dying of cancer, 1997, I found this verse, read it for the first time. And it was meaningful to me. Chapters 4 and chapters 5 of 2 Corinthians are amazing. Two of my other favorite chapters in all of Scripture. But listen to the words that Paul writes, starting in verse 16. Therefore, that is why we don't give up. 
Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. Therefore, do not keep your eyes set on the things that are seen, but rather on the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are temporary, but the things that are unseen are eternal. And then chapter 5 goes on this beautiful, this beautiful description of our souls that live deep inside of us, that want to be away from these broken down bodies and to be with Lord, the Lord in His presence. And can I get an amen when we talk about broken down bodies and we don't have the, to be able to walk like we used to or run like we used to our hair starts falling out we get things like cancer and heart disease we our families go through things through things like divorce and child sickness and we wonder our, our finances are wiped out we live in a covid infected world and we wonder where is god what is god doing in my life and the truth is is that these issues as we break down it's reminding us that these bodies are not our home that this life is not all that there is that there is a greater purpose there is a greater hope and someday when our souls leave these bodies and they will we will be at home with the father and all the tears that we've shed over the heartbreaks of our life story will be forgotten and all of those who have been in Jesus that we have lost over the years we'll be reunited with and friends we get to spend an eternity in his presence in the kind of world that he created us for in the beginning before sin entered And so remember, life is not a problem to be solved. It's a story to be lived. And God has a purpose for you and he cares about you and your worries matter to him. And so you give those to him today. You trust him and know that he is working inside out in your life story. Let's pray. God, I just thank you so much for the way that you love us. And Lord, I know that there are people in this room today who are struggling mightily and they're wondering where you are and they're wondering, um, you know, if they can jump off the rock or not because they don't know what the journey is going to look like and they want to know what the directions are and they want to have a hand in pointing you to the right direction for their life. And so God, as we, some of us today, um, wait in fear and with anxiety, would you just cover us with your peace? Would you remind us of your presence in, in, in our life? Would you remind us that today is not the end of our story. Today is the starting point for the rest of our story. And Lord, we can't change the things or the ways or the decisions we've made in the past, but we can definitely change the decisions and our actions for today and tomorrow and the day after that. Lord, I just pray for your encouragement. I pray that your Holy Spirit would work inside of us. Help us not to focus on the challenges ahead of us, but the story that you're calling us to live out. Jesus, give us your strength. Encourage us. Give us your courage. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.